Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Yagmoth Soap Opera, the classic-related podcast brought to you, the community. I'm Andy, and we're joined by regular co-hosts George and Zach, and we're going to jump straight in by having a look at some of the decks from the player-run league. Um, we've mentioned that in the last couple of uh, podcasts. Um, it's a league that's been run by MMOG, and... Uh, Every week, um, he, he, he's, he's been organising the, the, the event. Um, Information is available on the classicquarter.com and in an article that he's written on puremtgo.com. And we've picked out some of the lists that we think are likely to make the top eight based on where they are in the current standings at the time of recording. So, George, do you want to lead us off with our clanmate Adrian's uh, dredge list? Yeah, so uh, Adrian, or Backed Goods, is playing a dredge deck. Um, and he is playing what you would call manaless, I suppose, because he does not have the draw spells in here. Um, and something that's, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen it before, is the Noxious Revival, and then also the Gitaxian Probes with the Cabal Therapies. Uh, these are some new tools out of the new Phyrexia that are apparently doing well because he's the only player to win his full four rounds of the first four uh, rounds of the event. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other the other decks that were three and uh, three and O managed to uh, to split, um, but Adrian and uh, his opponent decided to play out the round. So uh, respect to them for playing it out, given that it's uh, it's just a league and uh, it looks a pretty solid list. I like the um, the the Gitaxian probe, like you mentioned, um, kind of gives it a little bit more dimension, enables you to kind of think ahead and uh, try and be a little bit more strategic. So. Um, Looks, a, looks pretty standard in, in most respects, though. Um, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering about the Noxious Revivals. I guess maybe you uh, throw a Bizarre Baghdad on top of your deck and draw normally and then dredge two. Yeah, I can see a, a Bizarre Baghdad. I can definitely see a uh, Narc Amoeba that you've sacrificed previously getting thrown back on there. Oh, that would be that would make sense. Throw I can a Narc Amoeba uh, and then dredge. I could see the nature's claims or or the uh, um, almost anything. I mean, even the cabal therapy if you want to reuse it. But I could see a lot of uses for throwing something back on the top and getting to getting to do that for free. So yeah, actually, the nature's claims seem great if you if you have a noxious revival dredge aggressively. Get a nature's claim out of your graveyard. Yeah, nature's claim, chain of vapor, either one, great stuff. So I, I like the innovation. Uh, I really like how Gitaxian Probe draws you a card, and with Dredge, getting one more Dredge into the graveyard with a five or six, you know, getting a Stinkweed or a uh, Golgari Grave Troll in there. That's pretty ridiculous. Um, fairly typical. It has Mind Break Trap for some of the Storm matchups, and. He could actually do some cool stuff with Mind Break Trap if he, like, uh, played around a duress and he said, hey, I'm going to Noxious Revival my uh, Mind Break Trap on top and then Gitaxian Probe with it to make sure I can get it back or something like that. He has some cool moves. And uh, his sideboard, it looks pretty uh, straightforward. It has a lot of ways to fight hate, but that's pretty much the whole purpose I see in his sideboard is fighting hate and fighting storm. So... Yeah, it looks like a good list. Um, and if I if I had to put money on it, I would bet that Backgood said, you know what, I want to play it out when his opponent asked if he wanted to uh, do an intentional draw. I asked him about that. They they never even discussed drawing. Oh, all right. So they just they just played it out. 
Yep. That's cool. Uh, so we got Dunkel still next, who apparently doesn't have time to play in the regular daily event, so there's time to play in this event. Yep, so Dunkel's running a, uh, I think it's a, a, almost card-for-card card copy of uh, Vicky or Cat Weasel's Oath deck, and he was talking about this before the event. And like I said, we tested this a lot before the event, and he was... He was semi-happy with it, so it's really cool to see that it's going well for him. You guys have any thoughts on this list? Uh, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the Transmute Artifact. I understand why it's in there, but not a huge fan of it. Yeah, he said he really likes it. I actually asked him about that specifically. And, uh, you know, his sideboard has some crazy stuff. I, Massacre, I like the Massacre. Massacre and Stifle are both cards you don't see a lot outside of fish decks, at least for Stifle. Um, I wonder how it's been for him in the tournament. I haven't asked him about it, but uh, I'm sure one of these weeks here, Dunk will come on and talk about it. So Yeah, I bet, bet he will. I mean, he's, he's, he's got a long way to foil, foiling out this deck as well. He's... Uh, Got the foil wastelands um, and and the foil Lothar druids, so um, maybe maybe we can see him playing a few more events. I, I know he lives in Europe as well, and that means that the time of the events isn't great. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's cool to see Dunkel playing some classic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about the time of events for Dunkel. He is a college student, and it's five thirty in the afternoon on a Saturday. I feel like he could make that. Yep, maybe you'd have to ask him there, but. Uh... Looks like moving on, uh, Andy. You want to take the next list and the person there? Yeah, sure. So this is uh, this is Timmins. It's with his Noble Fish deck, and uh, this is th bearing in mind that the league decks had to be registered two or three weeks ago. So this is the version um, without the um, the ooze, which has now come in. Um, so it's it's kind of very similar, if not identical, to lists he's played before. Uh, in this particular variant, the Grim Lava Mancers are in the board. And uh, a couple of Null Worlds as well. And the idea, obviously, is just to land an early Noble Hierarch and uh, from there, or, or um, Birds of Paradise, and from there accelerate into Tamagoy for Cold Eyed Selkie. And um, the Cold Eyed Selkie will let you kind of get um, a lot of card draw, especially with the Exalted triggers. And then he's got the, the Trigon Predators in their main deck as a, as a nod to Workshop. Um, also notice he's running um, three Anul, and I, I love Anul in this format because uh, it takes aim at Shop and it takes aim at Oath. Uh, so, yeah, it's a solid list, and we, we've seen Timmins hit the money time and time again. So uh, not surprised to see him uh, shuffling up this, this deck for the, for the league. Um, I don't know, it would have been nice maybe if it had tried something a little bit more innovative and something a little bit different, but it's obviously a deck he feels comfortable with, and he thought, well, why not just play the deck and, 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 and go for it? And, uh, yeah, he's currently sitting um, three uh, three wins and a draw, so uh, he's looking like he's nailed on for, for top eight of the event, and uh, prizes are pretty tasty in the league. Um, first place gets... Uh, Foil Mana Crept down and Foil Master's Edition for Soul Ring, so it's definitely worth uh, getting your eyes down and playing for the win. Yeah, that's, that's like a good $45 prize pool for first. Yeah, and uh, i got to say, you know, we mentioned in the last deck, and I'll mention it again here, uh, playing against Stifle sucks! I hate playing against Stifle, because you, you, you almost have to change your whole game plan if you're going to be aggro, if you're going to be control or whatever to waiting for them and making sure they tap out before you use fetch lands and stuff like that. Um, 
If you have big triggers on like comes into play abilities, it can also screw with that. Stifle, oh, it, it's so annoying to play against. But yeah, his, his deck looks pretty cool. It has eight ley lines, the Grim Lava Mancers, two Null Rods, which now some shops are running Null Rods, so it's not as devastating as I thought it would be. And uh, two Ancient Grudges, again, for the shop matchup. So yeah, it looks like a good list and something we've seen a lot. Um, uh, I like Large Brandon's list, and depending on how his round five shakes out, he might make the top eight. He's sitting on uh, 13th place with six points at the end of round four, and a win and some good breakers could sneak him into top eight. But uh, it, it's Stoneforge Mystic. It, it, it wants to take over every single format. I know that it's taken over Legacy in the last couple of months, and... He's won a couple of matches, you know, fetching up Batter Skull and Skull Clamp in Classic. Yeah, Skull Clamp Bloodgast is a ridiculous combo. I don't know if that's very obvious at the beginning, but, you know, every one mana you get two cards, and chances are you'll get a fetch or something. You get a fetch, you just got two more activations on that Bloodgast. You just got a netted six cards for that turn. And, and and skull clamp is an equipment. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's ridiculous how good that that duo is together. Um, Prized that Stoneforge has done anything in the format. I just thought it would you know the format would be too powerful for it. But props to him for getting it done. I, I wonder how happy he is with Sword of War and Peace because personally, I'd definitely go for the black green one if I was going to get a sword, just because disruption and uh, untap is so ridiculous in this format. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, but protection protection from white is pretty relevant against uh, the fish matchup. Yeah, but so is green. I mean, that's that's true. Anyway, uh, looks looks like a cool list and uh, definitely something we should uh, keep an eye out for. What do you think, Andy? I was testing against uh, Lars Brandon, uh, Lars Brandon, a lot on the run up to the league and uh, had some great games with him and against this deck and. It's really deceptive. I mean, uh, the first couple of games, I just thought, ah, you know, it's a bit gimmicky, it's a bit underpowered, and uh, yeah, the the real advantage really comes from the the, the, the hidden card draw and um, the ability just to kind of grind out an opponent by getting incremental advantages each turn from the the Dark Confident, the Skull Clamp, the Jace, the Mind Sculptors. And, and it all just kind of fits together in a nice package. There's a lot of complementation within the deck as well. I mean, obviously, Dark Confidant and uh, Jace just synergize really well. And um, like mentioned before, the Blood Ghast and the Skull Clamp triggering off of each other. Um, so it just all kind of melts together. I mean, uh, interestingly, he's only running three Force of Will main deck. Um, obviously well, decided that... See, the reason is he only owns three. Oh, Okay. And I think this is a perfect example of someone who is, you know, not willing to not play the game because they don't have four Force of Wills. He was in the daily event today, and I don't think that he got the fourth Force of Will in the last week. Or last three weeks, maybe he did. But still, he's, like, you know, playing with only three Force of Wills. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess... So some of the power of Force of Will is just um, thinking that your opponent has it, even if they don't. Yeah, there, uh, there are, you know, people, I'll play around Force Will all the time. Yeah, and, and one of the things that it looks like to me that's kind of crazy that you overlook at, you know, on this list, it has a lot of cards that we think, oh, wow, how did he fit that, how did he fit that? And it's not, it, this, this deck has a ton of cards that are normally in most classic decks that just aren't here. The Soul Rings, the Time Vault combo, the Tinker, uh, he's only running two Wastelands, uh, 
it's 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 really interesting the cards he picked and then the cards he left out. Like he's running Swords to Plowshares with tutors, but he does he isn't running the uh, Vault Key combo. So not running Tinker obviously as well since he's running the pedal, which I I personally agree with. And uh, it's just interesting to see because those those aren't necessarily expensive cards. You know you can't say he's missing those. He, no, Turnbull is like $3. Yeah, he, he purposely chose to run this instead of those cards. So it's, it's interesting to see other things succeed in the format. Um, speaking, speaking of other things succeeding in the format, there is a Gush deck that went 3-0 against Workshop decks. Um, he lost the round four against uh, whatever the round four matchup was, but... It's a gush deck that beat three shop decks in a row. And it's not combo, it's control. Well, the, the problem with this, this list is that although it has the gush bond engine, it's not a typical gush list in most respects. It's more of a, a control time vault deck. It's like Demar's control in Vintage. He's running um, main deck Ancient Grudge and main deck Nature's Claim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it seems... I mean, it's really good that it's doing well because it is still gush it just doesn't have the the combo finish it's got a control finish yeah he's basically just using the gush as like uh, an incremental draw spell um he could be running i guess uh, first for knowledge or or some other draw spell but gush just has that kind of uh, synergy with the rest of the deck so it's it's really cool it's a great list. I've played it, and uh, it's good fun as well. The interesting thing is that he chooses to run Sphinx of the Steelwind as the um, primary Tinker robot. He does have Blight Steel in the sideboard. Um, maybe maybe he's expecting you know direct damage. <laughs> yeah, well, Sphinx, the, the, the Sphinx can pitch the Force of Will. Sphinx can pitch the Force of Will, and I mean, other than Blight Steel. It's, I guess, a little bit more evasive, being a flyer. Yeah, absolutely, and I have hardcast it as well, twice. It is, it is hardcastable, I suppose. Does he have mana drains? Yeah, you got mana drains. The only thing is the access to the white mana, and the only access is through the two petals. You know, I, I think this also might be a nod to Fish, because he has Vigilance Pro Green, and... Uh, it's a big life gainer too. So if you get, you know, if you get in the matchups like you guys are talking about too, this thing a broader purpose than uh, Blightsteel would. It's it's like, hey, you have to tap it down. You're not going to be able to block, and you're going to go for the win that turn. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, I'm also I also really dig the Crucible of Worlds strip mine fast bond. I'll kill all your lands. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great combination, and uh, it's got the, the gifts I'm given as well to try and find those components, or the, the, the typical Volky, um Yagmos will regrowth. Uh, the, the power of it against shops is really, again, in the sideboard, and uh, it's got a heavy red splash main deck, which enables it to run the Ingot Chewer, and uh, that, that, that obviously can be played for one mana, and it gets around um, one of the spheres as well, so... Uh, that, that's really cool, and he's got another couple of nature's claims in there that he brings in. And uh, first thing he slides out is the gush bond engine. Um, so he, he rips out the fast bond and the four gush, and in come the the two nature's claims and, and the chewers. Seems good. Yeah, that's cool. It looks like that chewer also dodges the thing that I think would be most scary, which is the uh, chalice. Yep. Yep. 
So very cool. That's that's big props to him for uh, running a list like that and doing so well with it. It's pretty cool to see. So one card that's making a bit of a buzz in, in Vintage at the moment uh, is, is Slash Panther. And uh, it's a card that was in uh, New Phyrexia. And it, it kind of went under the radar, um, both in Classic and in Vintage. Um, at least for the first few weeks of the set release. Um, it's a common, and it costs four colorless mana and one red Phyrexian mana. And so you can theoretically cast it for two life and four mana. And it's a hasted cat of four power toughness, uh, four power, sorry, and two power toughness. Um, so, George, um, do you want to talk about the list that you've, uh, you've put Slash Panther into? Uh, yeah, so this is a Null Rod deck, um, and it, it just is very, very aggressive with the Slash Panthers and the Phyrexian Metamorphs copying Slash Panthers. It does a ton of damage really fast. Um, other than that, it's you know, it's got the 13 Spears, it's got, uh, it's got four Null Rods, it's got four uh, Chalice of the Voids, and then it has, it does not have the Ghost Quarters, it just has the five Strip Mines. Yeah, that's cool, it looks like it's running the uh, Ancient Tombs, the Workshops, the Factories. So, what do you think, do you think Factories more important than the uh, City of Traders in a build like this? Uh, Factory is more important than City of Traders in every build. City of Traders is just terrible. Really? It really is. There's only three in this deck. Um, and part of the reason is because playing City of Traders on turn one is just terrible. Oh, yeah. Well, turn one, I agree. Um, um, it's needed because it does produce two mana, but it's just... If we had real moxes, we wouldn't need City of Traders. Fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, have you played this build a lot? Has it been pretty well-performing? Uh, I've played it three times, and I believe I've won all three matches. Um, I mean, sometimes you just win with the 13 Spears and Mistress Factory, and sometimes you win by going turn one, Lodestone Golem, turn two, Slash Panther, turn three, Metamorph, and Slash Panther, you're dead. That well, seems good. Uh, I, I like to call it suicide uh, shops because in between Metamorph and Panther and, and Ancient Tomb, you go real low. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I told you guys, you know, even before the cast, and I'll say it again, my opinion is not that high of Mr. Panther. He's one of those cards that might have been initially missed by all the vintage pundits saying this is going to be a great card in the new set. And I think it's almost it almost feels like they're making up for it now. They're like, oh, this thing's so great. And to me, it's, it is what it is. I mean, it's a four-power four guy with haste. And it's, I don't think it puts stacks over the top. I don't think, you know, turn one or turn two, their best play is playing this guy. Maybe turn three or turn four. Because if they don't put out those fears and spend their money doing that, I'm going to be, you know, doing something on my side that's really better than a four-power haster. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no. He, he doesn't, you know, revitalize the archetype, but it is interesting that he's actually pretty playable within it. I guess. I mean, I, I look at a lot of stacks lists, and I don't think, wow, I got four spots I want to throw a, a, a Slash Panther in. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I do. I do get it, but, like, 
he makes a very slow deck faster, and that's that's kind of important. All right. And Andy, what do you think about Slash Panther and this the, the the new craze for the big cat? I think it's really cool, and I think the thing that really kind of does make it viable is the Phyrexian Metamorph, and the, the flexibility around that, because uh, if you've got a Lodestone Golem down, you can go into control. If you've got the Slash Panther down, you can copy that and go go aggro and try and, and race your opponent. So I, I like it. I think it's cool. Like takes uh, takes shop in a different direction. I, I've often found that the kind of opening of... Um, Workshop into Metal Worker to, to open you up to kind of, uh, giving your opponent a window and, and, uh, I guess that does have the abusive turn play the next, uh, but this Slash Panther build is so fast, um, especially when you're taking damage yourself on the other side of the table through your sack lands and everything else. So, um, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's a really interesting list. It'll be interesting to see how, um, how it, how it does in the events and whether it's going to stick around. Yeah, I gotta admit, the one scary part to me, you know, consider I'm still playing that channel list, is thinking that I'm gonna take 15 damage and go down to 5 life to play my Emrakul. Is there any way he can play this guy the next turn? If he can, I'm in trouble. Well, the, the biggest power of this is that he, he locks out, um, Jace the Mind Sculptor as a strategy. Yeah, it, it is, it is pretty solid against Jace. I mean, that's my main reason for still running Dragon's Breath is Jace himself, so, I mean, that, I, I understand where they're coming from in that regard. It seems pretty like a pretty good defense against it. Cool. Oh, well, cheers for sharing the list, uh, George. Um, so next up is something a little bit off the wall and a little bit under the radar. And um, Wizards of the Coast in the past have taken some um, stick for not, not making Oracle changes um, a lot more public and uh, giving more notice of them. Um, examples of this are the, the Errata to Time Vault and the Errata to Flash. Um, and so, rates on, on um, the, the Oracle, and now there's an, an article which um, highlights all of these changes. And in a, a recent article that was published at the start of the month, Matt Tabak produced um, a bulletin. And in there, he, um, he talks about um, a, a change in the, in the wording on Island Fish Jaconius. And uh, it's a really crap card, and um, not terribly excited about it. But the reason I'm mentioning it is that... Um, in, in the text article, um, he states that one of the reasons for making this um, this change is to make the card easier to program on and understand on Magic Online. And I find this kind of interesting, and potentially it's a small Easter egg in that this card isn't online, and at the moment there doesn't seem to be any kind of obvious mechanism for how we would arrive at having this online, unless they were looking at releasing all the cards uh, that aren't currently in the system, or maybe as some kind of janky promo. So, just mention that as something to keep an eye on, and uh, maybe we'll see Island Fish and uh, hopefully some other cards joining it as well. Maybe, maybe it'll be in Med Five. Yeah, maybe. You know, another thing to think about is that people keep talking about what the Errata is. I don't have the name of it. I'm sure one of you guys can tell me. But the land that that gives the black oh, lotus. Yeah, dude. If they ever errata that, it's over. Um, yeah, Lotus Vale, I don't think that they will change that because I'm pretty sure it, like, fundamentally breaks the game, even if you restrict it. Oh, man, imagine, like, uh, Fastball and Crucible that. Yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just get, uh, Black Lotus a million times. Um, yeah, like, Fast Bond with that and Crucible of Worlds, and even Scorched Ruin, the one that gives you four colorless mana, like, man, turn one, uh, 
Scorch Ruins Lodestone Golem. Go. Seems It seems like it might be alright. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? It's like... The cool thing about it is it's uncounterable. <laughs> it's uncounterable, too. So... What are you gonna do? Are you gonna put a cruiser? Are you gonna put a, a, a sphere up? I mean, what what are you gonna do? You can't stop it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I hope one day they do. But I'll, I'll tell you this right now as well. That would being third set, one of the most underopen sets online. Weatherlight, I think it is. Um, that card would instantly be worth so much freaking money. It would make the rise in uh, natural order look look like a joke. You also have to remember what it's doing. It would be banned in Legacy. I, so so what? It would be so ridiculously hard to find. Everyone would want four of it. I don't think it, it would be. It would be banned in Legacy, and it would be restricted in Classic. Oh boo! I hope I would wish they would give us a little while with it before they restrict it. I Actually, no really, chance. Do you really think that they would do that? I think it would be sweet. It would make Andy's like comment a couple weeks ago. I think it was Andy who said. He thinks it's safe to unrestrict Necro. It would make that look like a joke. <laughs> I think it is safe to unrestrict Necro. Anyway. Um, yeah, so some other news. Um, I've decided after 26 long episodes and uh, never thought we'd get this far. Um, it was just at the, before Christmas I um, hooked up George and the client and said, hey, um, Classic's a great format and we've got some uh, cards that we can run as uh, a four of, where's the vintage crowd and have them restricted. Do you want to get together and... Uh, write an article series and we can maybe each week have a look bust open four minds desires or four gifts ungiven and uh george said yeah it sounds like a good idea but why don't we look at doing a podcast and um this this is really how yagmoth soap opera began um once george and i were kind of committed to trying to get something up and running um we, we got zach on board and uh lucky for us that we did because uh he's been uh, an absolute pro in the technical side and the recordings and the editing and um yeah, the first soap opera went up um, start of the start of the new year, and uh, I thought we'd maybe get to four or five episodes before petering out. But um, marvelously, we've got to 26, um, half a year, and we've been growing in strength each each episode. And um, I've really, really enjoyed it, and uh, it's been a great, great time, and uh, had lots of great feedback. But for me personally, it's uh, it's time to move on and. Uh, step aside and, and let the podcast grow in a different direction. So um, just wanted to really say thanks to puremtgo.com um, for, for uh, hosting us um, and mtgotraders.com for sponsoring us. Um, but the biggest thank yous really have to go to my co-hosts, um, George and Zach, who I know will take this podcast forward and uh, make it a, an even greater success in the future. And uh, I'm going to look forward to receiving uh, weekly updates on this and... Um, listening to it from the other side of the fence so to speak um wish you all the best guys um i've really enjoyed the time and um yeah definitely big big props to you guys especially uh especially with all that editing that the zach has to do each uh, each week to get this into a, a polished uh, version to go up live and uh yeah just a uh, final thank you to the community for uh, all the comments and uh chat that is generated both in the comment section below but also in the client and uh, just just to for the avoidance of doubt the, the soap opera will continue and um, you'll, you'll be able to find uh, the episode next week same time same place um, and I, I'm not sure if um, we have a replacement co-host yet but um, I know the guys are going to be taking it forward so thanks everyone um, yeah this is this is sad I'm you know tearing up over here <laughs> I kind of 
I kind of look forward to talking to you guys each week. Because, you know, we talk about classic, but, you know, we also talk about our lives and what's been going on, and I'll, I'll miss that. Yeah, no, it's good times. Um, I think... Uh... Oh, we, we've had a few disagreements over the over the times, but on the whole, it's been a, an awesome laugh and uh, good fun. And, we, and uh, you should hear some of the off-air stuff that happens and some of the comments we have. Uh, good laugh, good times. But I'm I'm still going to be a member of the clan and still playing classic and uh, yeah, still rooting for you guys. And don't worry, I'll still be making time to listen each week. Deal, buddy. Well, we're going to miss you, man. And it's uh, it's been a great uh, great time and a great privilege working with you all this time. So. Yeah, likewise. Cheers, guys. Alrighty. So that's not the only thing that's changing, and um, we've recently had confirmation that Modern is going to become a supported format. Um, Modern is uh, everything uh, from um, Mirrodin Block Up, um, all of the Modern card frames, and uh, was tested out at the, the Community Cup, which George had the opportunity of playing in, and uh, hope bring the Community Cup home for, for the community. And uh, yeah, the format's going to be supported now, so... It's going to have implications, obviously, um, on, on the eternal on the eternal formats. And uh, thought it was a good opportunity just to kind of have some initial responses and views to it. Um, all right. So, personally, I'm very torn with modern. Um, the fact that they are actually going ahead and making it a sanctioned format and one that I'm pretty sure they will push with possibly even PTQ seasons makes me very very sad for the future of Legacy and Vintage and Classic. Um, because, let's face it, even though Legacy is a far superior format to Modern, there will come a day, in probably the not-too-distant future, where it is just not reasonable to spend two to $400 on an Underground Sea when you could buy a Watery Grave for about 10, $10 to $20. And then, you know... If Watery Grave ever becomes a $300 card, which it never would, they could reprint it because they don't have their hands tied with a, a bunk reserve list. Paper, right? Because I don't think... I'm talking about paper. All right. Yeah, yeah. Which, which has... I mean, Classic classic will lose a little bit of players to Modern, possibly. What I think will lose more is potential new players, because they'll start with Modern, and then they might go to Legacy. So there'll be that extra step where we have to wait an, a whole extra couple of months or years for them to get to Classic for Modern. But in paper, like, seriously, Underground Sea is above $100. And it was about $40 a year ago. Yeah, I mean, if anything, though, I think that might just speak to the popularity of Legacy and how much more exciting people have, figured, have, have learned it is than maybe their initial... Uh their initial thoughts were on it. No, and I agree with you. Legacy, after playing a little bit of the format, I still think Legacy is a far superior format, and it possibly might be the most skill-intensive in the game. But the fact of the matter is, is that when your deck costs $4,000, you cannot get new players. And, like, a natural order deck is approaching $3,000 in price right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. Um... I don't know. I, I think it'll be something to keep our eye on for the future. Um, it's it is it is going to be interesting to see the initial jumps that all the uh, the modern uh, what do I want to say the pillars of the archetypes are going to be. You know, like the lands and whatever they deem to be. You know, you need this card to play this color cards. Uh, how much they'll raise or rise based on the announcement. 
All right, well, right now we've got Reflecting Pool at about $6. Uh, we've got the Ravinica Shocklands everywhere in between like 6 and 15 I think. It's worth and noting, though, that... Sorry, it's worth noting that these prices have already jumped. Um, yes. Because when there was the announcement of the Modern Now, the Community Cup, there were people buying up the Ravnica Dual Lands, and it was at that point they took an initial step up in anticipation of it being a supported format. Um, another, other popular cards are probably going to be, you know, Chrome Mox and Vidalcan Shackles, Engineered Explosives, Dark Confidant. I bet Dark Confidant jumps to like a $20 card. He's about 10 right now. In online, in paper, he's 40 or 50. Wow. Um, so, yeah. And other than, you know, bagging on the format because it's going to take away players, it seems like it's pretty fun. Uh, you can play a lot of different decks. Maybe not as many as in Legacy. And you don't get to play with awesome cards like Brainstorm. But you can still play with things like Scapeshift, which was awesome to play at the Community Cup. Very cool. Well, I mean, I'm I'm kind of... I'm not so much torn as I am annoyed by the announcement. I, 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 I'm way too much... You know, Legacy is about the lowest I'd go. I really tried Standard. I gave it a try. And... Uh, couldn't get behind it. it. It's it's just too slow, and it's it's so slow. Even though Legacy is maybe one power notch below Classic, it's pretty darn close, and it's fun to play. Um, when you're casting cards like Ancestral Vision and drawing, uh, you know, a recall on turn five, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, it's un, almost uncounterable. You're not spending any mana, and you have your mana up to counter it. Um, Cards like that are going to be playable in this format, but you're not going to have the the wastelands, the force of wills, the the real dual lands. So it, it's kind of sad, but I, I'm 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 also hoping that George, maybe you're wrong for the online contingent because we have two recent release, three recent releases of dual lands, Masters two, three, and four, and I hope we can find a way to keep uh, Team Classic alive. I mean, I I, I really do. Uh, well, I, I don't fear that they're going to die. I just fear that they're going to slow down on the new acquisition significantly. Ah. Well, it's it's going to be it's going to be cyclical because uh, it's going to take away new players, and I can see there actually being uh, a stabilization of the legacy pl prices, or maybe even a slight dip in prices of legacy. And what that will do is it will then make the format slightly more accessible to people again, and it'll just kind of go in peaks and troughs. Yeah, I suppose if people stop buying into Legacy, that Force of Will might actually drop a little bit, and then people will buy into Legacy because Force of Will has dropped. Yeah. What we really need is a reprint of Force of Will. I don't care how much money you spent on it. If you enjoy the format, you should want a reprint as well. Absolutely. There should be a reprint or a stock split. I would love a stock split. A stock split would be, would be fantastic. I think it would be awesome. I get, I get four Force of Wills to sell, which is just free money, and then people get to buy Force of Will when all of a sudden there is an extra 100% on the market. And people argue that it won't ever happen because it doesn't make, uh, doesn't make Wizards money, but it, it does in a way because uh, having more people playing a format has a, a knock-on effect. More tournaments fire, uh, people need to buy the support cards to go alongside those Force of Wills, so I, I just think it's a brilliant idea around. It will never happen because uh, wizards are too narrow in their thinking on these type of things. But um, to me, it's the ultimate solution.
Um, I wouldn't call it the ultimate solution, but it would be very good. And I would be, I would be, honestly, I would be surprised if there wasn't a complete uptick in the number of new players to Classic and Legacy because of that. Yeah. But I think whether, whether we like it or not, modern is going to be chucked down our throats for the next two or three years. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that, you know, we're, modern will get tested to, Murgatroy on online, and we will have like the perfect modern metagame within four months because we test so incredibly well and tune so incredibly well on Moto. And then they'll decide what they want to ban from the format and make it a PTQ format. Possibly. I kind of hope not. I kind of hope this is more like a seasonal thing, like Extended is. Um, and it's not, it doesn't become like a full-fledged, you know, standard slash legacy staple. Well, see, that's what I think it will be. Maybe they might just have to kill Extended and make Extended modern. Um, but then, you know, even so, once a year for like three or four months, everyone has to play modern. And they enjoy it because it's better than Extended. Extended's not really working, so it being killed isn't really a big loss. No, and we would still have, you know, legacy... The, the biggest the biggest problem and the biggest monkey wrench is what Star City Games decides to do. If Star City Games drops support for Legacy, I'm pretty sure that the format will die out, at least in America. I don't think it would die out, but I agree with you. I think it would lose a lot of the support it's 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 garnered over the the last year, two years, or whatever it's been. Well, Star City Games is a tremendous business machine, and. It is making money hand over fist with Legacy and the support of Legacy, so I, I would be surprised if it was to drop Legacy on a whim and move into Modern, at least until Modern has become become established. And, and even then, I, I, I just don't see um, Legacy being, being dropped. I mean, um, especially for something which is only going to be played or typically relevant for three or four months a year, it doesn't really stack up as a good business model. And... Uh, Star City Games are renowned for being able to, to, to source the, the really old cards, and I'm, I'm sure that's where they make a lot of their money and a lot of their markup on. Two years from now, are all of these things still going to be true? Modern might be so successful that, like, that's the default format that people play after Standard. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that would be the point, I guess, where Star City Games would say, hey, look, we're not making as much money off of Legacy now, let's move into modern, but at least for the foreseeable future, and I'm talking next one to two years, I, I, can, I can see them still continuing to support Legacy, and Legacy still continuing to so, sort of thrive and, and, and do well. I mean, Legacy is a tremendously diverse format, and uh, that's not going to change just because of the inclusion of a new format that might be slightly under the price barriers. Uh, I think we've said before that, you know, if, if Modern does take off, it's going to have its own pricing problems. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. But, I mean, they can reprint anything they want in Modern. Tarmogoyf is going to be insane. Tarmogoyf? Yeah, you know what? Tarmogoyf might jump up to $100 again during the, uh, the PTQ seasons that have Modern as the format. And a, a problem we would have with uh, Tarmogoyf is how would they reprint that? It would have to be in, like, a dual decks, wouldn't it? Yeah, Tarmogrove's already back up to almost 50. It's at 48 now on uh, Nova. Let's see what it is on Traders. So, that I wonder how much of that is speculation on the modern format. Uh, Tarmogrove's been rising recently, um, even before modern. Traders has a much better deal. They're only 44 bucks, and they have just as many in stock. So, it's not, you know, no huge, super crazy... 
swing yet, but if anything swung, would you guys be surprised to see it be Tarmogoyf? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised that Tarmogoyf is an insane card in a format that's uh, got like 15 or 30 sets in it. Well, I'll tell you which card I think is going to swing the most out of this. And it's a card that has recently been banned in Standard. Chase the Mind Sculptor? I think Stoneforge Mystic might be better. Even without Umazawa's Jet. Possibly. But I mean, those two powerhouses are going to come back to, to, this, to this lighter format. And, uh, well, see, the, I, thing, I, the thing about Chase the Mind Sculptor and Stoneforge, and Zach, who plays much more Legacy than I do, can probably back me up, but having... You know, like 10 different combo decks in the format might just be the, uh, the fulcrum that Standard was missing. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I guess the problem is that we don't know how the metagame for modern is going to really pan out at the moment. And until people start testing it, working out what's, what's, what's real and what's just bogus, um, I guess we've got a long way to go. But it's, uh, I, I, I'm kind of excited to see what the community make of it and uh, whether it gets embraced and what kind of innovation can come. Um, but at the same time... Um, it, it, I think I'm with Zach in that the, the power level of the anticipated power level of the format doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah, but you guys have to remember that we are such a tiny, small segment of the Magic players. There are Absolutely. so many. There are so many more people. For every one of me or you, there's probably like a hundred of people who are like, "Oh, modern seems awesome." Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we're so small we can hardly fire daily events. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. Jesus. Um, but um, hey-ho. So, speaking of more benign and happier things, apparently Innistrad will have werewolves in it. <laughs> and they will be green and red cards. What do you guys think about werewolves in Innistrad? Why and a graveyard they... theme, and vampires. And Liliana. <laughs> werewolves being green is fine, werewolves being black is fine, but werewolves being red is just odd. Well, I mean, think about it. A werewolf is very primal and, like, you know, kind of animalistic, right? Red is pretty primal and animalistic. What about <laughs> Slash? Oh, Slash Panther's a cat. <laughs> um, no, but, I mean, there's... For anyone who doesn't know this, I'm very Vorthosian. I like the uh, imagery and the stories about magic as well. And having werewolves seems awesome to me. Mm. Also, the rumor is that we're going back to Ravenica Block after Innistrad. So fall of 2012, we should have the Ravenica lands being reprinted. Yeah, which squares in modern. Which squares in modern. They give modern a year to, uh, you know, grow, and then the prices start to get out of control, and bam, reprint city. See, being skeptical, I think this is the whole reason for modern. Like, remember Kaleidoscope? Comes out, just as the time they're about to release a multicolored set. And bam, they sell a lot more cards yep. because of this format Kaleidoscope. Six months later, Kaleidoscope loses its support. They don't need it anymore. Bam. So if I'm being skeptical, maybe the whole reason behind Modern is to sell the return to Ravnica. Yeah, but see, the problem with that and Prismatic is that people stopped playing Prismatic, or whatever the format was that you could play only gold cards. I don't think that was Prismatic. I think that's the 250-card format. That's right. It was Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. So people stopped playing Kaleidoscope, but right now there are, like, 
forums and message boards devoted to modern decks and technology and, and building decks in the format, I don't think that people will stop playing modern. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, but that kind of makes me sad that neither of you guys are excited for werewolves. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what about Flashback is on a couple of the rumored cards for Innistrad? Flashback and Threshold and all that stuff would get me kind of excited. I like Madness as well. Um, there's a lot of uh, those set-driven abilities that I like a lot. Um, I love buyback. I love, you know, I, I love a lot of those things. So bring it on. I love revisiting the past. I'm kind yeah, of, guess... uh, I'm kind of excited to hopefully see Delve and get Tombstalker back in standard. Yeah, Tombstalker was a really cool card. I, I really wonder what Innistrad could do for Dredge as well. I mean, it wasn't until we had Bridge from Below and all the Dredge cards that Bazaar of uh, Baghdad really got switched on. And uh, if we have another kind of set built around the graveyard, I could really see it maybe pushing Bazaar over the edge. I'm pretty sure that they are, you know, putting the stop gaps they need to. Like, I bet there are no cards with dredge in the in the set. Yeah, maybe there's a Tomagoyf. That would be. It's a future shifted card. <clears throat> yeah, and if they are serious about modern, I think I think they do need to get Tomagoyf back. And putting it in a uh, putting it in set number one of the block would mean that there would be a ton of them. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's it for this week, unless you guys have anything else. No, I think that's all, guys. Well, uh, we're going to miss you, Andy, and uh, hopefully we'll stay in contact as far as the podcast goes for the foreseeable future, and uh, we're going to miss you on the show, buddy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, cheers, guys. I, I've really enjoyed it, and I uh, wish you well. And I will, I'll be tuning in and listening from now on. All right, guys. Well, Andy, you want to wrap us up one more time? Well, see you guys, and you'll see George and Zach in seven. All righty. Bye, everybody. Have a good one.